Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from The Language of Letting Go from Melody Beatty. And this is definitely a common theme this week of just letting go. Uh, the first topic is detachment. Detachment doesn't come naturally for many of us. Why should we? You know, I think there's this false loyalty to a dysfunctional family system and kind of being responsible that happens to a lot of adult children. And so, yeah, of course, it doesn't come naturally because, that you know, one of those traits is you stay overly responsible, um, which is the unfortunate, seems to have the unfortunate thing of not being responsible for oneself, which is really the the only thing that matters. Not responsible for other people's dreams for you, but for yours. Back to the reading. But once we realize the value of the recovery principle, we understand how vital detachment is. I think the key word there that stands out to me is vital. The following story illustrates how a woman came to understand detachment. The first time I practiced detachment was when I let go of my alcoholic husband. He had been drinking for seven years since I had married him. For that long, I had been denying his alcoholism and trying to make him stop drinking. I did outrageous things to make him stop drinking, to make him see the light, to make him realize how much he was hurting me. I really thought I was doing things right by trying to control him. So there's a couple of things is um, showing other people how much you're hurt and then, um, you know, strategizing for control. These are just, um, until recovery, these were default coping mechanisms and there's just better ones now. And I pray to God to help me enact those. Back to the reading. One night I saw things clearly. I realized that my attempts to control him would never solve the problem. I also saw that my life was unmanageable. I couldn't make him do anything he didn't want to do. His alcoholism was controlling me, even though I wasn't drinking. I set him free. Well, I got to pause there. It's just um, the alcoholism, you know, that is in families was controlling me. Even though as a kid, I wasn't drinking. That is a really interesting concept to, um, painful concept, I think, to let sink in, but I think it's important to sink in. That it really wasn't our fault, you know. I've had to practice the principle of detachment many times since then. I've had to detach from unhealthy people and healthy people. It's never failed. Detachment works. Love that. Unhealthy and healthy. Detachment is a gift. It will be given to us when we're ready for it. When we set the other person free, we are set free. When we set the other person free, we are set free. Today, wherever possible, I will detach in love. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is letting go of old beliefs. Try harder. Do better. Be perfect. Yeah, none of those are just be present. These messages are tricks that people have played on us. No matter how hard we try, we think we have to do better. I could see this with my work manager. Perfection always eludes us and keeps us unhappy with the good we've done. Messages of perfectionism are tricks because we can never achieve their goal. We cannot feel good about ourselves or what we have done while these messages are driving us. So in other words, other people's expectations, um, it just creates this, you know, this endless system of not enough. 
and perfectionism. Back to the reading. We will never be good enough until we change the messages and tell ourselves we are good enough now. We are good enough now. We can start approving and accept of and accepting ourselves. Who we are is good enough. Our best at yesterday was good enough. Our best today is plenty good too. We can be who we are and do it the way we do it today. That is the essence of avoiding perfection. God help me let go of the messages that drive me into the crazies. I will give myself permission to be who I am and let that be good enough. I think I do this oftentimes with like how much sleep I should use. I think devastating that word should just never serves a useful purpose. You know, just replacing that with could, you know, mitigates it. But there is no shoulds, not anymore, not in recovery, not in this world. And I have to, I could remember, I almost did it. Uh, I get to remember that those are two uh, separate worlds. Now we move on to the ACA strengthening my recovery and the topic is boundaries. The level of choice we develop in ACA is proportional to the integrity of our boundaries. The more we let go, the stronger our boundaries become. This is an ACA paradox. Letting go creates stronger boundaries. Yeah, I think realizing that I'm not responsible for other solutions to other problems and I can focus on mine, um, you know, that changes the conversation. Most of us grew up in families without boundaries. It seemed like everyone was in each other's business, passing judgment and telling each other what to think and feel. Even if we had understood the concept of boundaries, we wouldn't have been able to set them for ourselves in the midst of the dysfunction. Yet on some level, we instinctively knew that our boundaries were being violated, whether it was emotional or physical boundaries. And, and sometimes I do that in phone calls, you know, and when they go longer than I need to, I kind of wait for that discomfort. As adults, we were often the boundary violators. Yeah, definitely. Definitely was looking to be rescued because of the enmeshment we learned from our families. So we were taught this, not our fault. We simply didn't understand how boundaries worked and we didn't know how to honor them. In ACA, we learned that a lack of boundaries is usually about control and manipulation. It's never as simple as it seems and it takes work to uncover the root of what's really happening. But as soon as we begin to deal with the underlying issues and release the hold they have over us, our boundaries are strengthening. We let go and offer other people the opportunity to find their own way without our help. We learn to separate what's really important and what's not in order to survive as healthy adults. On this day, I will remember that when I choose to let go, and there's that word, choose to let go, it seems to be a topic higher power sent today, and not to involve myself where I don't belong. I'm creating stronger boundaries for myself. And the final reading is defects of character. You are not a defective character. You have defects of character. Big Red Book, page 188. And, you know, it's the whole, like, you know, shame tells you that you are a bad person. Guilt just says you did something wrong. And, uh, you know, I look at defect also as, you know, maladaptive character defenses. Many of us have difficulty hearing the word defect and, and applying it to ourselves because the way we were raised. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, you know, it's funny as I think about defects in, um, you know, like packaging or even in like, you know, I've coded before and they have like defects. These are things that are fixed and fairly easily fixed. It doesn't mean that something is bad. And similarly, I think doesn't mean that I'm bad, no matter really what I do. And especially what I did in my 20s, just irrelevant. 
Many of us have difficulty hearing the word defect and applying it to ourselves because of the way we were raised. First, if we ever said we had a problem, that was usually how we got into trouble. So true. We were criticized for who we were. So the last thing we wanted to do was point out there was something wrong. You know, even in therapy sometimes. Second, because I think that's that part of like not trusting an authority figure to, to help, you know, and a lot of times that's what an authority figure is there to, to help, to guide, to clarify. Second, most of our faults or defects became part of us as adults because a parent demanded we act in a certain way. We were not, you know, that total crazy emphasis on work rather than fun. We were not to blame for acquiring these habits, but they really get in our way today. In ACA, it is important that we acknowledge what is happening in our present lives, the habits we have that perpetuate the family dysfunction. We get honest about their impact to ourselves and others in order to recover from them. We realize that a defect is something that stops our positive momentum, and we all have them, but that doesn't mean we're defective. Our habits will change as we recover. You know, the hypervigilance will subside. But first, we must see them, admit them, and work them out using the steps and the tools available to us. On this day, I will gratefully and joyously remember that my defects are losing their hold on me as my recovery grows. And that concludes today's episode. Until next time, this is Kulwant Saluja reminding myself to enforce boundaries, to let go, to love myself, to feel my feelings, and to pause, because that is where my higher power is.